Hey everybody, welcome back to Wrestling Wild Black. It's your boy R3. I got my special, special, special tag team partner, a gentleman who you guys are familiar with, my man from Pro Wrestling Anonymous, Chicago's finest, Jamari. What's up, brother? What's up? What's up? Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm not going to do my heel stick today. Uh, we had a great experience that have, we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. So no shield stick. It's just going to be the Jamari. Not the Jamari, just regular Jamari today. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So folks, so audience, as we're talking, Jamari was part of wrestling history. One of the biggest moments in the history of wrestling. We're not going to say in the last 20 years. We're not going to say since the Attitude Era. We're going to say in literally wrestling history. One of the loudest pops in the history of wrestling. One of the most influential human beings to come back to the wrestling scene. Um, and one of the most beloved uh, performers in the history of, of pro wrestling. Jamari, to walk us through that process of being at that AEW. Uh, it was Rampage, right? We're seeing Punk. Rampage, yes, yep. it was. Talk about the experience from, from getting to, to the to the um, United Center. Let's talk about that. Put us in the uh, your, your the eyes. Of, mm-hmm. of the fan of me. So basically, you hear anticipation. You don't know if he's actually going to show up. Mm-hmm. But you're just going off of, you know, just, 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 just the thought of it might happen, which you probably would, because they would not look that big of an arena. That's a bigger, that actually holds more people than the pay per view. Is something big was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you get in, of course, you know it's normal. They don't sell too many shirts. You got the Chicago AEW shirt and all the other stuff. Um, you sit there, you watch a whole bunch of AEW dark, which that is a thing in its own self. Now, how long is that? Man, that's last for like an hour, hour, 30 minutes plus. And it's basically just watching squash match after squash match after squash match. You know, me, I don't sit there and watch AEW Dark. Okay. But, you know, I want to support some people that I actually know that were in the ring. I'm like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that person. They wrestle on the Indies. They wrestle on the, uh, the wrestling circuit. So I'm like, the only reason that kept me in is because I knew certain people. Or I like Pac. I was watching Pac. I love Pac. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have my aggressions against the Lucha Bros, so we don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But other people, of course, I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And then, how, how long course, was AW Dark? How long was it? AW Dark said AW Dark was longer than uh, what's it called Rampage. That was. So when you were sitting there, in the, so you were sitting there in the um, in the stand, it was like about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, about two hours, about an hour and a half, two hours before two hours, Rampage. I'm support. Yeah, it was longer than Rampage. Yes, AEW wow. Dark was longer than Rampage. Yeah. Wow. So anybody yes, get some big pops on on Dark when you were there? I mean, of course, you know, hometown Sean Dean, but he got squashed. Mm-hmm. Now that I can say that because they sold the match. I was like, to, other than that, Dark wasn't too much. It isn't really too much to talk about. There is the atmosphere mm-hmm. of being there and people just anticipating him coming back. I'm not going to say his name, even though we already have. I'm going to talk to him when I get there. Excellent. But of him coming back. And I know I sent you the video mm-hmm. of that atmosphere there, mm-hmm. even before like things were happening. It was just like everybody knew. So tell me about the and feeling then, that you had in the audience, though. As you're, as you're walking into the United Center, 15,000 plus, tell me about the buzz. Tell me about the conversations. Tell me about the feel. So basically, everybody had their shirts on. 
Mm-hmm. They had a feeling he was going to come back. And like I said, walking in, you seeing a person next to you. I know COVID is going on. At the same time, you feel like, hey, something big. You talk to that person next to you like, hey, do you think it's going to happen? You're like, yeah, it has to. It has to. And then, like I said, I just want to make this a little quick. But once we got to the point where Tony Khan came out and said, I'm so appreciative of you guys. I promise you're going to get what you want tonight. He said that? The crowd erupted. He said that, and the crowd erupted. Wow. Right? Because they knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, when you remember that shot when they first saw the Rampage, mm-hmm. and it was just panning to the crowd? Mm-hmm. That was about us, like about a minute, two minutes of us seeing CM Punk. Wow. So, and then you only probably got about 10 seconds of that two minutes of us, us saying that they were literally counting down. Wow. What did it sound like, bro? Like, just sitting there hearing everyone say CM Punk, how loud was it to you in your opinion on a scale of one to 10? So I am sound sensitive, so I have to wear earplugs, but get this. I risked a giant headache, which was terrible, but God, was it worth it. I have never, ever heard something. So, look, I hate WWE Pyro, how loud it is, but when I say that place erupted, man, words can explain how great that moment was. And how loud it was, the atmosphere, people singing his song, him coming out, mm-hmm. him when the when he actually came on, people saw him, them getting louder. Mm-hmm. It, it's just one of those moments where I hate to say you have to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, that Twitter thing, they're like, oh, you have to be there. Yeah. You have to be there to know. And man, I nobody can ever take that away. Him diving into the COVID crowd. <laughs> COVID, <laughs> COVID, COVID crowd dive, yeah. And then him just sitting down, cross-legged, and this is the crazy thing. He sat there and he did his promo stick, right? Uh-huh. And this goes about into the end, but CM Punk is such a humble person. And people like to say, oh, he bashed WWE. He never said anything about them, really, except yeah. for he couldn't stand that place because it made him sick. Yeah. But he said, I love professional wrestling, and I want to be where I love professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, so, what, what, is, what was it like... What aura did he have? Did he feel like a superstar when you saw him walking down? Did he, did he seem yeah. like almost like out of worldly, like he's from a different breed of human? Now, me, like, so I, I, I don't know if you about, I, got, I never told you the story, but me with celebrities, I see a bunch of them are like athletes and stuff. I treat everybody the same. I've seen CM Punk many times, been in his face, had a conversation with him. No one person, but that was a different atmosphere only because I'm like, yo, he actually back walking inside of a ring and not in the mask, you know, hiding who he is because we know that has happened, mm-hmm. but he, he's actually here in the flesh without a bad one showing that he's really Phil Brooks, CM Punk. Mm-hmm. It, wow. it was just fancy, dude. It, I, I can go on and on about it. Mm-hmm. And then the ice cream bars. Yeah. Three ice cream bars he gave out. Funny enough, they're selling the rappers on um, eBay. And the rap for about... $50, dollars So I still have my rapper. Nice. Uh, well, hold on to that forever. I think that's his wrestling history. Oh, yeah, definitely. Get it framed. And this, this is actually the craziest thing about the night. I think we can go on to the next subject after this. Craziest thing of the night is I thought about it. I was like, hmm, it wasn't a lot of shirts though. Mm-hmm. But Jungle Boy was coming out because CM Punk ran to the back mm-hmm. and they had to hurry up and switch to Jungle Boy coming out. Mm-hmm. I noticed the top row and third row leaving. Mm-hmm. But it didn't hit me because I was watching Jungle Boy's entrance and, you know, singing a song and nobody was really doing it. And I'm like, hmm. Then it hit me. Oh, crap. 
they're selling shirts. I need to get out there. Oh, wow. And During the live show. During the live show. So everybody left <laughs> right after CM Punk had that, uh, what's it called? So remember, notice that they never panned to the second row yeah. or the third row up there, and they kind of darkened it out because everybody left out. Wow. The whole, say the whole arena was out there to the point where it wrapped around upstairs, the second floor, the first floor, to get a shirt, and you literally saw the person that was in the line at the front of the line because mm-hmm. it was that's how long it was. And I'm when I say that place is big, mm-hmm. it's like stadium big where it, it legit wraps around, bro. Yeah, like I said, the front of the line was the back of the line, then it went upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you had like uh, probably about ten to eight thousand, nine thousand people in line for a shirt. Damn. And funny enough, they didn't put a limit on shirts. Really? And somebody had the hilarious comment saying, "You know, the average wrestling fan is big. Why don't you have more larges and extra larges?" <laughs> and I cried laughing. So they let people get more than one shirt. Yes, it is, sadly. And it has, I was there on the back. And people started to sell those on eBay for $600. God, what a secondary market. So did you get a shirt? Unfortunately, no. Because I, like I said, I got out right after Jungle Boy got to the ring. Oh. And if you know, that was very early in the show. Yeah. I sat out there to after the show and then they, they were out. I was still in line. I was still way back in the line. And then I got out there pretty early, but it was still late. Wow. That's that lets you know. They was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna run out of shirts." Yeah, guys, we only have we only have small. All right, guys, we're out of shirts. Wow. So, so in your opinion, um, how when Jungle Boy, uh, I'm gonna go through that rampage, that historic rampage. Um, they did great numbers. Um, how did the audience respond to Jungle Jungle Boy in Private Part? I mean, you know, Jurassic Express versus private party in my opinion watching it from home that match was very intense very explosive a lot of great work in the tag team division i love the way that private party has gotten better in their ring work more crisper more ready for television style wrestling um that's a big spot for them to be placed in that and and especially as, as wrestlers of color which this podcast is about what was your impression See, this is look, I love Private Party. I know you probably seen my video on Instagram with me doing the shots. Mm-hmm. I send that to people whoever I want to go drink with. I'm like the shots on the uh, Private Party has. Mm-hmm. Now, what really hurt everybody, and I mean the whole AW, except for the people that are on Dart, is CM Punk. And I never thought I would have said it hurt them, okay. only because like I said, everybody left out, mm-hmm. so nobody was really paying attention. You were watching it in the, uh, the corridor. And while you online on the TVs on the monitors, but mostly everybody left out. Only time like you probably heard something is because John Moxley was like you know getting ready for his entrance, and of course he does that. He doesn't you know go out the entrance way. He goes through the crowd. Mm-hmm. So of course people are going crazy about that. Then Jungle Boy walked out in the corridor. What? Everybody legit was in the court. Yeah, everybody was out there. When I tell you, nobody was really inside the. Um, the stadium, nobody was in there. So you saw Jungle outside. Boy in person? So Jungle Boy was walking around. Sean Dean was walking around. Everybody was walking around. What was it like to see Jungle Every Boy in person? Was, height, weight, what does it feel like seeing him in person? Small. I'm, you know, I'm 5'11", so all wrestlers are, like, small because, mm-hmm. you know, they lie about their height. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Jungle Boy is a smaller guy, a very smaller guy. Mm. Interesting. All right, well, talk, let's talk about Jade Cargill and Kier Hogan. We know Kier Hogan coming over from Impact Wrestling. Uh, you know, known, you know, a lot of got a lot of name in the social media world. 
um, Jay Cargill being the, the, the crown gem in the women's division that AEW is trying to build her slowly, make her a big deal. And generally her matches are squash matches. What was your impression? Did you, were you there for that part for that match specifically? Did you see that? So I was watching on, so I did see Jay come out cause I always wanted to see Jay come out. Like, what does she hey. look like? All right. So let's, let's break it down. We're going to, we're really going to dissect this, right? Her, what aura did she present? How did she feel when you saw her coming down? <laughs> felt like a star when she came out. I don't know if it was the lighting or what, but she's something for like starish about her. Mm-hmm. And I snuck back in, you know, Kersha, I had to look back in as she was coming out. Cause I'm looking and I'm like, all right, I need to see what she looked like. See what she know what's going on. Like I said, unfortunately I didn't catch the match cause I was trying to get a shirt, gotcha. but I wanted to see Kiara too. And I was watching on a monitor and in my head, I was like, this is going to be a squash match. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And it was a squash match, only because one, I like here. I want to see her do good. Mm-hmm. But two, I also want to see Jay do good, but I want to see more of what she can do with somebody that can actually work like Kiara can. Yeah, give her like you a know? good uh, seven minutes or so. Yeah, so it was really like a squash match. I was like, I don't know if I like that. But something did feel starch about her, not her manager. I just don't get, I watch some of the promos. I still not getting that stick of what's going on. Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point. Look, I even call her her manager because I don't even pay attention to his name. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was an odd pairing. And I guess it's, it's good at doing what it does, which is building heat and making him detestable and her annoying. But if you're going to make her a heel, which I get, um, you know, it's weird. It's weird. It's so weird. It's but not okay. a dynamic. Like, but I feel like, of course, you know, we love our black people. Get somebody black for her. Yeah, like, you know what? Who would work with that? Leo Rush would be perfect for that. Her fool. He says he, yeah, yeah. I did not think. That's Even a good though he's idea. he's he's retiring from in ring action, he'd still be a great heel manager who wrestles from that time would, to time. That would be great. I like that idea. The Moth, you know, Moth Productions, Moth, uh, you know, management, just like almost like the Maverick Carter type thing. He could do something like that. I like that. That's I know they do Money idea. Matt Hardy thing, but I think I think that Leo could really no, sell that. I feel like the Money Matt Hardy thing, which I love to see Matt Hardy in person. That was actually a great. Also, Orange Cassidy. I'm gonna get this out the way. Mm-hmm. That is the experience watching that man. Yeah, and it's hilarious. I don't care. It's him and Dan Housen. I don't know if you about know about Dan Housen from uh, ROH. Mm-hmm. Two great, hilarious comedy wrestlers that I love. Mm. But aside from that, yeah, um, it's a lot of things they gotta they gotta fix up, especially mm-hmm. with Jade and just the whole AEW. Mm-hmm. But CM Punk is a good, you know, good thing for them. But also, they need to promote him as in building up these newer stars. Yeah, which and, which and so far, even with all the talent that they've they've received, the homegrown is really getting the love. Let's talk about John Moxley. John Moxley defeated Daniel Garcia versus Submission. We see a new, different John Moxley. John Moxley is coming to the ring with a with an aggression. His body language, his attitude is even more aggressive. I like this this surly kick your ass, you know, bounce your head like a basketball, John Moxley. In your opinion, with CM Punk being so pumped, everyone being so pumped for CM Punk, what was the reaction to John Moxley? Because we know, for me, he's my favorite wrestler. He's the reason that really got me into AEW. Uh, obviously, I love the whole show, period. I've paid for all the pay-per-views, etc. But um, John Moxley was the first one I felt like a true, true blue superstar that AEW does. And, and, I, and he's very believable, and he's just one of my favorite people. How do you feel the audience responded to John they they ate him up. They loved him. Like I say in the in the what's it called the corridor. They were very very happy to see him. Mm-hmm. They were like really hyped. 
Eddie Kingston, I feel it's just like tagging. I know Eddie Kingston can do a great promo. Mm-hmm. Yes. But everything about Eddie Kingston is not working, if that makes sense. It's, okay. It's, like, it's just his look and everything, like his aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's not as a wrestler. It's like, okay, you can talk. But he worked great in the manager role, not a wrestler. Yeah. But I feel like that, that would help John out. I know John can talk. But if Eddie was just there, like, to manage, and let's say he turned heel, which mm-hmm. I want, mm-hmm. that would be a great heel pairing, you know, together. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to see John Moxley with Eddie Kingston, and then I feel like they got to be in the tag team division. No, I want to see John Moxley either fighting for the world title or the TNT title, but not with Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston tagging along, because I feel like it takes away his aura. Mm. Okay, I get you. Okay, all right, interesting. Well, I'm appreciative of you giving me that insight about that. What I want to hop into on this next segment, we're going to talk about WWE stuff. We're going to go into the controversial SummerSlam. We're not going to go too much with match by match. I want your impression. And you watched SummerSlam, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You're talking about the, uh, what's it called? The CM Punk rebuttal, as y'all want to call it. Yeah. What was? Well, let's go through here. Um, a group that I really thought, I didn't think I would really care about that much, that I really liked, that did great on SummerSlam, was AJ Styles. Um, and Usmos with RK Bro. I actually like RK Bro a lot, actually. I love it. That's part of all. Yeah, I, part of I, I agree. It's going in the other room, but I can't hear it. But I know Randy came out, and I was like, oh, where's Riddle? Because both of them are a great pairing. I think, yeah, it's, so ra- it's a random pairing, but it's a great pairing, and it's very genuine. And, and that makes Raw watchable. Um, let's talk about Damon Priest getting the look, getting, getting, the, getting the nod, getting the rub, winning the U.S. championship. What do you think about that? What's your opinion on that? I feel like, of course, they got to give him a title. The man is hitting near 40. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, 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 I hate to say that. But, you know, you're hitting near 40 and Vince is a mine unless you're, you know, AJ Styles. He's not going to give you the big title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I thought that SummerSlam, this would have been a great opportunity to bring back Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. Because I'm like, hey, if you bring back Bad Bunny in that stadium with Damian Priest, that gives him more of a rub, too, just like he had at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I agree with so you. So it wouldn't be all about Bad Bunny's match. It'd be like, hey, this is all Damien's. This is that much that they had at WrestleMania. That was Bad Bunny's match. This match that happened at SummerSlam, that would have been Damian Priest's match. Yeah. Well, I think it was a smart booking move to, to, to give him the strap. So good guy, got a great look, got the charisma. He has star qualities. Um, definitely interesting. Huh? It's just the age. That's the only thing. Like I said, if he wasn't near 40, you know, Vince will stick out his next Razor Ramon. Yeah. Like that. I, I definitely see it. But nowadays, wrestlers can wrestle definitely into their 50s. So, you know, it and, and be pretty good. Let's talk about um, something that really pissed me off. And maybe it was designed to piss us off. Maybe that was the uh, tool. I thought you about to get into let's, let's do a prayer circle before we get into this. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, give us the strength not to hate on eight WWE. Uh, <laughs> they've sinned against us many times, and I know we're supposed to uh, forgive and forget, and, and uh, you know, but uh, there is, please forgive us for their transgressions. Um, and so, Bianca Belair losing in 23 seconds. To Becky Lynch, literally a woman who hadn't wrestled for a year, who's physically mm. smaller than Bianca Belair, who mm. in a real in a real fight, if because this is simulated fighting, Bianca Belair would wipe the floor with Becky Lynch. Your thoughts? Oh, 
Oh, goodness. Oh, Lord. So, Becky, of course. She, she looks, looks beautiful. Good. Oh, my God. First of all, yeah, I'm going to say that. I don't hate Becky. I think she looks beautiful. After oh, no, I love not her. like that. Yeah, yeah. She looks good to say, but that's it. I mean, hey, 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 hey. I'm joking. But, um, you know, she looked good. I don't like she looked more leaner. Yes. But the thing is, she didn't look like she might have been ring ready. And I could tell mm. by that. Rock, Becky, whatever, drop bottom, you whatever want to call it. And I'm like, they're basically hiding her because notice this week on SmackDown, she didn't do any kind of physical activity. She's not ready. Mm-hmm. She's not ready for in ring. Mm-hmm. So they have to basically, of course, do the CM Punk rebuttal part one. Because <laughs> once again, this part is two parts to it. Part one. <laughs> and did you know this? So funny enough, they made a call to Becky after that, uh, before, like after CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, can you come in for SummerSlam? You know who the original call was supposed to go to? Who? Naomi. Really? Yeah, so Naomi was supposed to. So let's say if uh, Becky could make it to that match, Naomi was the number one option. Would have been great. I love Naomi. She can work. Tell me, look here. If this would have happened where Naomi would have beat Bianca in 23 seconds and joined the bloodline, Everything would have made sense, right? Ooh, bro. We talking about a storyline, sir. Yes, sir. Everything would have made sense. Yeah. But no, they didn't want to make sense because it's WWE. It's the perfect time to turn Naomi heel. Perfect time. Ample time. She came back on SmackDown and Sonya Deville basically ignored her. I'm like, no, you could have literally had her come in at SummerSlam, right? Beat Bianca in 23 seconds, joined the bloodline. Yep. And that would have been expand the story. Yeah, and we wouldn't have been complaining because you know we wouldn't complain because no. we want to see Naomi win, and we know Bianca gonna come back. And Naomi, and it would be a good opportunity for her to be a true, true, true heel and a power heel, and to yeah. really and, and she can work. And her and Naomi, her having a couple matches, getting in, uh, into Extreme Rules, that'd be great. They're both. I think from an in ring perspective, it would be some amazing wrestling. And tell me, which one you would you want to see more, Bianca versus Becky or Bianca versus Naomi? From a ring work, I want to see Naomi. But from a from a from a just character and so called superstardom, I think that's big money in Becky. But but from a ring work point of view, if it's the bloodline type of storyline, I think it could go. I think it, I think it makes more maybe more logical sense. So do you think that they intentionally did this for Becky to get heat? And did you think Becky did enough to sell her heel turn on SmackDown following week? No. No, they were still cheering her. I, I didn't, yeah. She, I think she kind of said no, and she kind of tried to telegraph that she was turning heel, but I'm not sure if it's fully heel. Is she just a... I, I mean, it's a heel move, but is she fully heel? I don't think it was fully convincing enough. I'm not fully into her being heel yet. Maybe it's going to expand over the next couple of weeks. Yes, it's, it's ridiculous. It really yeah. is. My question to you is, do you think actually Bianca will actually get the title back, though? It's going to be time. Look, at, we know it's, I pray to God, it's not going to be in Saudi Arabia. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Bianca can't whip that hair in Saudi Arabia. Really? Wow. So, oh, dude, you know they can't show their hair. They got to wear the... Oh. Yeah, that, they can't do that. So, I'm like, oh. I pray to God they don't try to bring her down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know they're trying to have the Queen of the Ring down there, which I hope they don't do also either. Yeah. But I was also hoping that possibly... They can have, I think, Extreme Rules is the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Why not have Extreme Rules match? 
So, so this is my question to you. If you're going to long term, long term book this, right? Don't you mm-hmm. want to ultimately get to WrestleMania with Bianca versus Becky? No, I want to get long term Bianca versus Sasha too. I like that too. So <laughs> Sasha will come back when she comes back. So you, so you don't think there's a lot of money to be made in a heel. So basically, let's just say Becky keeps being swarmy. She gets Becky, worse. This my, this, follow me with this real quick. She continues to be swarmy, swarmy, swarmy. She's not giving her title shot. Weaseling in, weaseling out, weaseling in, weaseling out. Bianca's on the chase. Bianca's on the chase. She's doing everything that's freaking necessary to win the championship. But she just keeps falling short. And at the end of the day, they get the final opportunity where there is a maybe of okay, you could do a three way Becky, Bianca, and Sasha at WrestleMania. What do you think? Possibly, because I know Bianca wants to be the person to beat all four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, she got what she asked for when she asked for Becky. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, let's see what they do with it. So. Yeah, a lot of people call it getting Kofi, and I don't like that because, as you know, as a black person, as we know when we watch wrestling, we want it. Could there's definitely ways for her to lose differently without being Kofi because it just the optics just don't look right, right? Um, you know, she. I think I think Becky could have did something more heelish if you're going to really turn a heel. Like, well, you can't do a low blow because I mean she's a woman, so I guess you could do something like uh, put your foot on the, on the on the on the rope and hold her down somehow, or uh, you know. Yeah, Say this because you know you don't touch black women hair. Mm-hmm. But if you this this is one where it would have made the internet mad. Oh no, we can't do that. Uh, take that back. No, don't ever touch a black woman hair. This no, 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 guy. no. That's heat on that. No, 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 no. I like that. Heat. <laughs> that's major heat. That's more heat than what she did on 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 yeah. at SummerSlam because when the way they did on SummerSlam just made it seem as if she was a a a baby face and she just superior, which is no way, shape, or form. Bianca again in real life would wipe the floor back in a real fight. Oh, I'm second. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about uh, getting, just hopping back into the women's scene because I really don't necessarily want to get into Drew McIntyre that match. I really don't care. Uh, we're, we're only focusing on two matches, and it's those big two returns. Like yeah. I said, the same rebuttals, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think oh, about actually, Charlotte? Oh, oh, get, oh, what do you think about Charlotte getting the title though? Again, again. So I was just about to bring that up. I was like, that's actually two more that we actually got to talk about uh, aside from the CM Punk rebuttal. Charlotte is one because Ric Flair came out on. NWA 73 and cut a great promo. Mm-hmm. And I think he basically gave away that the long term, not even long term, it's probably short term, knowing WWE, is for Charlotte to win 16, actually to win 17 titles and break her father's record. Mm-hmm. But I think after she does that, she is going to AEW. Hey, you sure her contract is uh, able to do that? Her contract? Well, she gets no- She's going to AEW. She has nothing left to do there. She has no family ties there. But she's under Why contract for a couple more years, bro, I think. I, we'll see. Like I said, she has no ties there. Her her soon-to-be, well, her fiance, soon-to-be husband is in AEW. Her father can go anywhere. I know he's probably going to go to AEW, make an appearance so he can be with the Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm. Why not jump ship and start a whole division around well, they already do that, but why not help the new division that is in AEW? Mm-hmm. So Charlotte Flair's contract is until let's see, I'm checking this really quickly. And while you're doing that, you can check out the rest of R3's podcast here <laughs> on Wrestling While Black. 
Thanks so much. I like that. On iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. and where else can we find it? R three Anchor and Anchor. If you want to listen to more of Wrestling While Black, you can find him on Instagram at Wrestling While Black, and also on Twitter at Wrestling While Black. Exactly. Thank you. So let's see Adam Cole, Alexa Bliss, Brock Lesnar, Booker G, Cesaro, Dana. But they don't have Charlotte Flair on here. Interesting. Um, yeah. I'm just looking at here. Let me go. Uh, While you find that, I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. That match with that triple threat, like I said, with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It was no other person that should have won that except for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. No other person. And I hope she gets a nice little ring before they start this, uh, what's it called, potato sack throwing with the title. Mm-hmm. And I hope it actually, it doesn't feel like, hey, here's a title. Let's get you to 17 as quick as we can. I want it to feel like actual history because I feel like right now, about time that we get to WrestleMania, she's going to have 16, and at WrestleMania, she has 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Even though the logic is, you, you, yeah, just because you went home, you, you, you retain a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. They, they try to hide it. I think, shh. yeah. She never has a ring at all. Never has a long ring. That means she loses a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, that, that the psychology behind that, I never really got. Well, hopping back into the, the uh, SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar returning. Um, well, hold on. Before yeah. we get to Brock Lesnar, can we please talk about how my man, Bobby Lashley, beat down that little child? Okay, let's talk about it. Let's go. Oh, oh my God. Oh, man. You know, I got, that, I got that Michael Jordan mentality. I can't really say it right now because mm-hmm. I'm in the holy house. But them kids, man. Mm-hmm. Put that boy in a hurt lock. <laughs> put him to sleep. Put him to sleep. And I loved every second of it. And I know MVP came in and said, well, I didn't know. That could have been anybody kid. Yes, it could have been anybody kid. Mm-hmm. And they still would have got it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> I did like that. I did like that. And, and it makes the story go long. I do think the match was kind of clunky overall. I know Goldberg, is, he looks great. But in, in terms of ring shape, uh, yeah. You know what's funny to me? Mm-hmm. That's probably Goldberg's third best match because he actually wrestled a little bit. Mm-hmm. On the Goldberg scale, that's actually a good match, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because he actually wrestled, actually did, you know, instead of just spamming, you know, his finisher with triangle, he actually, it was a triangle? But no, no, that's wrong. L1, excuse me. Instead of spamming his finisher with L1, setting over the gut kick or whatever, or when your person is lying froggy on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, here comes the pain reference. Um, he didn't spin those finishers just like that. Mm-hmm. He actually did a body slam, you know, actually moves inside the match that I was surprised by. I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Goldberg's actually wrestling. This is his longest match. Yeah, seven minutes and 10 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Seven minutes and 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. We're saying that about Goldberg. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I respect him, you know, but it's, you know, he, you know, they, WWE will do what they do. People come back and they automatically get a championship. Anyway, so, um, yeah, Roman Reigns beats John Cena, did you think Cena was going to go over? Did you there was there, was there any thought in your mind that Cena was going to go over? No, I, I, I felt like he was in a sec. I thought he was mm-hmm. uh, only because I was like, hey, it makes sense because this goes back into the pre-show, and I'm I'm going to bring up uh, Oldberg and Lashley one more time. Mm-hmm. My 
my dream, well, no, I don't want to say dream. How can I say this? My thought was that possibly in the future, since Lashley and Goldberg lost this, because I know Big E can't go out the ring, is if John Cena won, then Big E would have went out to John Cena, right? Mm-hmm. But when it goes to Saudi Arabia and we have Big E, I'm not Big E, but Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg too, I'm like, yo, what if they give the title? Because you know Goldberg got pulled and he did it before Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. What if Goldberg takes that WWE championship and Big E gets his, you know, his, I hate to say it, but he gets his wet cream with slapping meat with Goldberg. <laughs> that would be and interesting. You have be good. Champion, as Big E is your WWE champion, and you got Roman Reigns as your universal champion, and you have Vince's man, which is actually Big E. People think that Roman is his guy, but Big E was actually Vince's guy, and Triple H's guy was actually Roman. Mm-hmm. People always assume that Roman was, you know, Vince's guy. But funny enough, I don't know if you know the story, they were either going to push, you know, one of the two. And Big E was like, hey, go ahead and push Roman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have my chance down the line. Mm-hmm. Sadly enough, it took seven years, and you see where we're at now. He's just about to get that chance. Yeah. But he literally gave that chance up because I don't know if he didn't believe himself or what. Mm-hmm. But he let Roman take that, you know, the place because Vince wanted Big E to be the next, you know, that guy, mm-hmm. the guy that they put on posters, basically the spot that Roman is in. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So just finishing out this episode with the um, Roman Reigns in. Brock by Weekly Lesnar. Um, or the Ultimate Farmers, we like to call them. Ultimate farm. <laughs> Farmers. Okay, yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, Brock is back. He's going to work eight matches. Um, he looks good. New hairstyle. Looks like a, uh, a basically a, pop, uh, a half-eaten popsicle with... Uh, you know, hey, don't be saying that too him. loud. You know, he, he, the man says that his farm will probably listen to some shows like this. <laughs> that you once again can find on iTunes, Spotify, and also following R3 on Twitter and Instagram at Watchlink Wrestling While Black. Yeah, I, I don't want those but problems. Also, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, funny enough, so Legendary came back looking great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the ultimate farmer with the ponytail, with the boots on and the belt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. And you seen Paul Heyman. Looking all scared, and you know what I want right now. What you want? And it was one of the favorite matches of all time. I want the custody of Paul Heyman match with Paul Heyman hanging up basically on the uh, what's it called in the shark cage <laughs> and Omen Reigns and Brock Lesnar go at it. Whoever wins gets Paul Heyman. <laughs> basically, you got to pull Paul Heyman down, get a ladder, pull him down, and then that's yo, that's your uh, try what's it called, counselor. Or uh, advocate, whatever you the want. Advocate to match, yeah. The first ever WWE advocate match. <laughs> but you no, know, no, he's just, you know, for Roman, he's a special console. Mm-hmm. Now, for Brock, that's his advocate. It's always different with somebody. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's true. That would be watchable, and I think WWE could pull that off. I think I actually would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Dominic. <laughs> Young Dominic with Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio go at it for the custody of that child. Yeah, we definitely will watch Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns duke it out for, for Paul Heyman. Yes, we could. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Well, man, Jamari, thanks so much for coming on and talking about um, you know 
the first rampage of the CM Punk era. Um, I can't wait to have you back on as we get closer to all out in Chicago to have you back on. We'll probably do a panel thing. Um, and um, I'm just excited about the, what wrestling is going. And Brian Danielson, we'll get into that in the next episode soon. Um, but man, Ooh. I'm just so happy for to, to have you come back on. It means a lot, dude. No problem. No problem. Hey, uh, this week, uh, some of your favorite media people that cover wrestling, I will be taking their ankles in basketball at Ball Out. Not All Out, but Ball Out. Uh, so I know it's in Schaumburg, in Schaumburg, Illinois. If any of you guys are out there in Chicago, it's a lot of things that are happening in Illinois. So I am taking the place of, you know, our guy Justin mm-hmm. from the Wrestling Classic. And I was like, <laughs> they're going to be expecting Justin, but <laughs> they're going to give me the actual place basketball. Yo, I can't so wait if, that. Yeah. If you see me breaking Sean Ross Seth's ankles, I am not responsible. I'm just <laughs> like that's enough. I'm not responsible for all the ankles that have be taken by your favorite media people. I love it. Well, I just can't wait that well, we'll have you back on for the episode because I would love to hear how that goes. But yeah, like I said, we could do like a live show, uh what's it called? A um a live on Instagram or something like that. Because, you know, I got all the events that I'm gonna be at for our AEW mm-hmm. and all out. I'm gonna be there, I'll be there Wednesday. I got the fan fest, so we definitely can get something done like that. Hell yeah, get the content going, man, without yeah. a question. And I'm just so happy to have you back on. Guys, Jamar will be on more often than not. He's such a great voice um, in this space and just a really good, enthusiastic human being and extremely talented. I'll put the link into Jamar's Instagram so you guys can follow him, the Jamari. And guys, thanks again for coming on Wrestling Wow Black. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Dance up with your man. Get up, 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 get up,